0: Down this road is a small city once thriving and full of life, but now desolate and abandoned. Well, abandoned save for the horrors rumored to reside within, which I presume is why you're here. Now, there's nothing wrong with a little morbid curiosity, but please, remember to stay close to your guides. We wouldn't want anyone to get left behind now. <laughs> and welcome to Nopeville, the city filled with all the terrifying and horrible things that make you say nope. Nope. We're your tour guides. I'm Jen. And I'm Christine. And we invite you to join our tours through the city, including all things paranormal, true crime and supernatural. From haunted places to possessions. From serial killers to cults. From zombies to cryptids. You can find out more on our website at nopevillepodcast.com. And catch a tour today wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> please be advised mental health Monday deals with some heavy topics and subjects such as mental health, suicide, sexual assault and more. Please listen at your own discretion and please seek professional help if you are struggling. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, it's Ebony. Welcome back to Sweet and Sour Nuggies. Um, Before you listen to this episode, please go back and listen to episode 15, I think it was, called Fight or Flight. Um, This is in relation to that. And it will make a lot more sense if you listen to that one before you listen to this one. Um, I do apologise if I come across croaky or tired. It is currently 6.30am when I'm recording this. Um... I've got some time off from work, which work is a whole other situation, which might be a whole other episode in itself. (laughs) Um, But I'm trying to get all my recording out of the way in the morning. So I've got the days to just relax and mental refresh. So apologies if I'm a bit croaky or tired. But with that being said, let's get into the episode. So. Not long after the incident that happened in fight or flight happened, I thought I was done. I thought I was never going to see that concreter again. I thought, sweet, it's settled. My anxieties come down. You know, everything will be fine. Unfortunately, that was not the case. <laughs> it turned out that they took him off my property but he was still working on the surrounding and nearby properties. And the way my house is set up, my office, which is also my recording studio is right at the front of the house. So all you can see is the windows into my office and the garage. So anyone that walks past, you can see this guy walked straight past my windows one day. Um, would had been maybe not quite a week after the incident happened. A few days had gone by, but I don't think it was quite a week. And I was working, so I was in the office. And he walked past and I froze. I froze in my own home, knowing he can't come in, knowing he can't say anything to me, knowing he's not allowed to have any interaction with me at all. I still froze, like as if he had some sort of power over me, which really took me by surprise because I thought that it had been done with. I thought mentally I was okay, or as mentally as I could be. <laughs> I thought, you know, he's done his thing, we've had our interaction, that's it. If I see him, so be it, but no. it. Like, I got some major, like, anxiety attacks any time he walked past the house and I saw him. And I mean major, I mean my heart was, you know, completely pounding super fast. I was sweaty, you know, I was shaking. I got, I I couldn't move half the time. And it was just absolutely mind-blowing that This person who I'd only ever met once, and mind you, it was a horrible interaction the one time I met him, but I just couldn't believe that he had so much power over me. And then from then onwards, any day he wasn't there. I sat there at my desk, you know, working and and recording and doing whatever I needed to do. But I was on such alert that I always thought he was going to walk past. But even if he did, so be it. You know what I mean? Like, why did I have such a high anxiety attack over someone who couldn't do anything to me anyway? What's he going to do? Walk in my house and attack me? Now, unfortunately, I don't have the front windows of the house tinted yet. So if anyone that walks past can actually look straight in, I will be getting them tinted because I hate that option. But um, even so, like. I think he, from what I could tell, I think he looked at me maybe once, rolled his eyes and walked off. But yet, for me, I sat there and froze. I couldn't answer calls for work. You know, I couldn't do anything. So for days on end, I would sit there Doing my work in in the office at the front of the house. Wondering if he's going to walk past because I'm afraid of having an anxiety attack. And it's not even just the fact that I'm having an, an, an anxiety attack. It's the fact that I'm home alone when it happens. Like, God forbid, let's say something serious happened. Which thankfully it didn't and, and he didn't. And, you know, he respected the fact that he wasn't allowed to come near me or, or near the house. But... Let's say something did. Then what? What, my cats are going to come to the rescue? <laughs> the two cats are going to come up? I mean, one of them probably would. She think she's a dog, but that's beside the point. But, like, this happened back in October, and it's just been playing on my mind ever since. Because the fact that this person, I feel I've allowed to affect me. I feel like I've allowed them to get to me like this. And that's not okay. Okay, sure, I can't control the way that they came at me originally. But like, every time I go back over the scenario, the situation, the discussion, the argument, I start sitting there and I start picking at it what did i do wrong what could i have done differently how could i have avoided this and i feel as someone who will stand their ground because i do i I, a lot of the time i will stand my ground i will have an argument with someone i'm very hot-headed i'm aware of that but in this scenario in this scenario where all i did was question why are you doing this and and can i have some notice And it blew up like that. Like, as I said, this happened back in October, now at the end of December. And I still think about what I could have done differently. I still think about other arguments because that's the thing. It made me spiral. And I've said that a lot in this podcast is I spiral a lot. And it's the best way to describe how my mind works because it's exactly that. It's almost like a snowball effect. You know, that snowball, that one tiny little incident, which in this case was that argument with the trade. Someone's kicked that tiny little ball of snow and it's just rolling down that hill and it's building up. Here's the anxiety tags, There's another layer. Here's the shaking. Here's another layer. The weariness. Here's another layer. And it just keeps going and going and going. And at one point you want it to just hit a, you know, a brick wall at the end. You want it to be over and done with. You want that ball to get all the way to the end, hit that wall and just explode and or melt or something. Which I thought it had. You know? I thought I had done that. I thought I'd moved on. But instead, more stories came up. I started deep diving, almost almost like I had started deep diving my own psyche and started going, well, in this circumstance, I've done this, this and this, and this person reacted with this, this and this. Does that mean I'm at fault in other situations? Does that mean I'm at fault for a lot of the stuff my mum's done to me? I've always been one to blame myself And I think a lot of other people are the same in these scenarios where you go through a traumatic experience, you start blaming yourself. And now at almost 30, I still, I still do that. After literally years and years and years of sitting there and being able to discuss my circumstances with therapists and, and whoever else, even just friends and family. And I still to this day will sit there and rethink over and over and over and find every little thing that I believe I've done wrong in a situation. It's exactly what happened here. But because I started thinking about this scenario, then I started thinking about all the other scenarios and then I'm like, well, could I have done this differently? Could I have stopped... You know, a 50-something-year-old man when I'm fucking 12 for touching me. Could I have avoided certain people in my life? Could I have done better so my mum doesn't throw a fucking rollerblade at my head? (laughs) And the thing is, subconsciously, I know none of it is my fault. And that's what annoys me even more is when I come out of this state of mind and I'm rational about it all. I know it's not my fault. How could it be? I mean, listen to one of the scenarios I just gave you then. I'm what, 10, 11 and he's over 50? What could I have possibly done to have stopped him from doing what he did? Between height, weight and everything else, there's nothing I could have done to have stopped the scenarios that had happened. but when left by myself in a fucked head space in an anxiety attack or just after an anxiety attack there's no rationale there's there's nothing to suggest that I'm thinking straight so I mean in the end all that happens is i go down this rabbit hole And then I spiral and the snowball effect happens. And then the next thing I know, I'm in a deep depression. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to do anything. And quite honestly, I just end up wanting to to die because I start unraveling all of these fucking stories in my head and start thinking every single one of them is my fault. And then I'm like, how can I live with myself? How could I have allowed all these scenarios to happen? What kind of person am I to have allowed this? And there's not a healthy way of thinking at all. It's just unbelievable the way, at least the way my brain works. Like one tiny little nugget of information or one tiny slither of an idea and it runs with it. Like it's. Yeah, I don't know. But going back to the the main situation at hand, the fact that this man who I'd only ever met once had such a hold over me. Like, that's not fair. Why do I have to live my life like that? All because you couldn't do your job correctly. Now I have to sit here on edge wondering the next time you're going to walk past my house. And the thing that annoys me the most with a lot of stuff like this, and I don't know if this happens to other people or not, but, like, okay, so it's affecting my mental state, obviously. But when my mental state goes really downhill, everything else starts to happen. Like, it affects literally everything. I get sick. My period will will arrive regardless of when it did last time, and sorry for TMI my skin breaks out like no tomorrow and I don't have the best skin as it is anyway so then you add anxiety on top of it and the next thing you know my skin is breaking out horribly and then I start hating on myself like I can't win then I start looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like great now my skin is bad and I'm bloated and I feel like shit I look like shit like it's not fair (laughs) It's not fair, why can't, like, it's bad enough that I get these anxiety attacks and this person has a hold, and then on top of that, the anxiety then has all the, you know, chemical imbalances, and then the next thing you know, everything is just fucked. (laughs) Like, can I just not live with one thing at a time, please? (laughs) But, like... And then going down that, that's like another snowball. It's like two different snowballs are going down the one time. I've got this anxiety snowball about this guy walking past my house. And then I've got this ridiculous vain snowball about how I look. <laughs> Racing each other to see who gets to the bottom first. And you know the most fucked up thing about the vain one? About the fact that I'm looking and, and picking apart myself as per usual looks wise, is I then <laughs> this is so ridiculous even saying it, then I start picking at myself the way my mum would have and whether she would be proud of me or not. But like who cares, she's not in my life why do I care like I, I have for anyone who doesn't know what I look like <laughs> I have tattoos I'm a little chubby I've, I'm have i everything my mum hated in a person <laughs> the tattoos she oh my god in a million years she would absolutely kill me if she knew half the tattoos I have I've got especially because I've got horror tattoos and god knows that's not ladylike and the weight gain my mum used to absolutely pride herself in the fact that she had two daughters that was stick figures. And when I say stick figures, I was diagnosed anorexic younger. But my mum thought that was fucking fantastic because I was dinner. If I was dinner, I could then get a man. Which is ridiculous. But I'm so far from her ideal body now that she would actually, like, if, if I still lived with her or if I had anything to do with her, should be either force-feeding me Certain foods to try and help me lose weight. Or what she used to do would smack food out of my hands. You don't want it to keep eating that. You're just going to get fatter. And look at me now. <laughs> She's just. I don't know. How these people have such a hold on you, so like at such a later point in your life. Granted, the trade one, the original story that started all this was back in October. It was early this year, but I should still be past that by now. Yet when people walk by the house, past the house, I still get a little bit jumpy. Like it's insane. And then the whole thing with my mum, you know. Start looking at myself in the mirror. Should I have gotten the tattoos? Should I, you know, have watched my weight? Yes, regardless of the scenario. I probably should have watched my weight a lot more. I should be thinner than I am, but that is what it is. But what right do they have to have a hold of me? What right do they have to make me feel like this? None. No right whatsoever. Yet, they still do. It's almost like this feeling of someone is behind you at all times and out of nowhere they're just going to pounce and grab you. It's like you're walking on eggshells and you've Not, no, not walking on eggshells. It's like, it's like you're walking down a dark alley at night with the only light is like the torch on your phone. So if you turn around, they can easily just move out of the shadow, uh, into the shadow and, and you, you know, they move fast enough you don't see them. So you think there's no one behind you. So you keep moving forward, but you've still got that feeling like someone's behind you. So you're still moving down this dark alley. But you're shivering. And you're on edge. Because you think someone is there. And because you think someone is there, you think they're going to attack you because you're in this dark alleyway. It's that feeling on repeat. Daily, weekly, monthly... It's that feeling that takes over. It's that feeling that stops you from living your full potential, you know. It's just insane that we allow, not allow, but that these people can have this hold over us. You know, you try to block them out as much as you can. For me personally, it's, you know, it's music and gaming and YouTube and mostly music and gaming and I zone out for a little bit and, you know, if I'm in a, an okay state, I can sit there and I can zone out and I can enjoy myself and, and for a small amount of time I'm actually, you know, in my own little bubble and I'm happy there. I'm calming down, I'm breathing properly, I'm not worrying about the outside world, I'm not worrying about the outside of my house. But it takes such a long time for me to get there. Like I can't sit down, turn on music and it's an instant switch. I can't sit down and start gaming. It's an instant switch. It takes time. Sometimes it can take 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes it can take hours. Sometimes it can take days. It's just, yeah. It's just mind-blowing that this this sort of stuff happens and how the mind works and yeah anyway <laughs> i'm gonna keep this one short and sweet um as the year comes to an end i want to thank you guys for supporting the podcast i know uploads been very random um I'm going to try and stick to a schedule next year. But to be honest, I think at this point, if I just don't give you guys promises on when I'm uploading, it's just better. Um, I don't f- hate myself for when I can't keep to a schedule if I do it that way. Um, I will try, absolutely try. But I'm not going to make any promises because I'm probably just going to end up breaking them because so much shit gets in the way. But... Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support. Um, I didn't think in a million years anyone would actually even listen to this. This is very much a podcast for me to vent, and it's definitely been therapy throughout the year. Um, but with this being the final episode of the year, I just wanted to say thank you. I just wanted to say thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone's having, you know, a fantastic holidays, a fantastic time with your family and friends. And you'll hear from me in the new year. Bye, guys. Welcome to C. McBee, home of Chunk Beef chest. This is a podcast where I take stupid questions way too seriously. Like, what if Bruce Banner put on adamantium pants and then transformed into the Hulk? What would happen? I answer that question definitively. If vampires are undead, that means they don't have a heartbeat. Can a vampire get a boner? I answer that question definitively. I also examine some of the most amusing musings on the internet and editorialize and take them way too seriously. Join us for C. McBee, the podcast from Chunk Me Beef Chest.